the wider context is that the world really is the playground of God. That there is no place the presence of God is not. There is no life in which the presence of God is not touched. And so every interaction, every moment, every potential class period, every subject matter can be a place where students can interact with the presence of God. Therefore, their education should be a place where they can interact with the presence of God. Welcome to part two of the Student Life Update. I'm John Sampson, and I'm here with campus pastor Michelle Lang. Hello, I am undateable. No. <laughs> I'm just saying, when you introduce me like that, nobody wants to date her. Oh. I was like, what? what? What did I say? He said, campus pastor Michelle Lang, <laughs> which is part of the problem. I'm completely dateable. People just don't know it. Okay. I don't know if I should start over or just keep going. No, keep it. All right. Pray for me, y'all. <laughs> so um, this this part of our podcast is our chance to learn from folks around campus, either within student life or other areas, in ways that help us grow personally and serve students better. So before we dive into, though, this week's interview, I do have a question for you, Michelle, and it does not deal with your dating life. I'm, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Would you rather? Mm, I like these. Be forced to wear wet socks for the rest of your life, or only be able to wash your hair once a year. Uh, I have to wear wet socks every day. Yeah, every day. Oh my god, that's real tough. Because the dirty hair has other. Yeah, I guess I'd have to go with the wet socks. I think. I think that's this terrible. is terrible. This is an unfair question because. You know, for me, I would I would definitely get rid of the wet socks and go. You would get hair. rid of the well, well no, yeah, yeah. because because I I don't have yeah. as much hair. I'd be tempted to see. I'd probably cheat too. I'd be like, I'm gonna shave my head. <laughs> right, I could do that. I could do that. I could totally go. I could just shave my head, but a whole year that's crazy. Okay, here's black hair 101. Like black people don't wash their hair at the same rate as white people for yeah. different reasons, mm-hmm. but a year is crazy. A, a year's a that's too a, much. That's a long mark. For, yeah, even for a even for a would you rather that's that's too long. That's <laughs> but wet socks are horrible. That's why. All the time. All the time. And yeah. it'd be this kind of like sloshing sound <laughs> when you walk. Yeah. So I, I like questions like these mm. because they create a tension. Now, this is probably a no good choices tension, but we find problems, maybe, maybe not like this, but we find tensions that we have to manage within our daily lives. So I've heard people say that there are problems to solve and there's tensions to manage. And I think that's exactly the space we live in with our Christ-centered identity on our campus. Mm-hmm. There are healthy tensions in living into our identity as a Christ-centered, diverse, urban, and liberal arts campus. In some ways, we're we're doing something that others say and talk about but aren't always trying. Uh, There was a candidate on campus in the past year who commented that they had seen the mission statement but were surprised when they came to campus that we were actually doing it. Mm. They said, you know, this diversity value, living into the urban context Mm -hmm. for the city, with the city, in the city, you really mean it. So we're trying. Yeah. We're going to try. We're giving it a good shot. And obviously a lot. We are always on that journey and there's so much more to do. But with that in mind, this week's interview is with Dr. Jess Bielman. He's our Associate Dean of Students overseeing ministry, service, and our calling work. But he's also led campus ministries for more than 10 years and served as a faculty member in the Religion and Christian Ministries Department. So he's going to walk through and talk about the four points he shares with our incoming class each year during Welcome Weekend that frame for him how we embrace our Christ-centered identity for every student. 
I think this has value for us as a team serving students, but also as a way to think about our faith individually. Mm-hmm. So here's Jess. Come on, Jess. So Jess, thank you for being here. Uh, now you've, you've been at Warner for how many years? 15, I think. Okay. So uh, one of the things I love about the space you get to live in on our campus is that you you have one foot in this kind of campus ministries mm-hmm. and student life space, one foot in the faculty space. Um, I love it. And, and, and really, I think, have a unique uh, perspective to be able to speak into our identity as a, as a Christ-centered institution. One of the things that I, that I think is, is really great and has been really positively received is at the beginning of each year... Uh, you talk about with our incoming students uh, just just a little bit of, of what this Christ Center thing means for us. So um, I'd love for you just to take a few minutes to to share some of that with our staff, so we can also uh, get that perspective. Thank you for the opportunity. I think that having some of our staff hearing similar things could help us all engage the spiritual work with students and with some concrete ideas. You could probably go to a number of institutions that identify as Christ-centered and see just a variety of different approaches to how um, folks are doing the work with students. I wanted to give students uh, something of which they could expect out of us, the framework, the mindset that we um, fundamentally look at them through. And so I've enjoyed really being able to, I think, make some promises on behalf of our staff and faculty community of how they will be engaged uh, because of the spiritual nature of our work and try to um, try to own some of the problems that the, that, that that has and try to um, assure them that they're going to be, as the president likes to say, safe and loved while they're here. Yeah. So one of them, I just feel like on a basic level, I think we all need to have an understanding that um, to be human is to be on a spiritual journey, that often one spiritual journey doesn't simply start when they are converted to a form of Christianity, but that God has been at work in people's lives from the beginning or bringing them often to places like this to spiritually form them. And so um, I like to right away affirm whatever the spiritual journey looks like of a new student that comes into our place. For us to say to them, your being here um, is probably an outgrowth of the spiritual journey that you're on and that we are going to help cultivate that and what that looks like for you. So to try to land that or to apply that for us as student life staff. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what does that mean for either? I'll give you an option, either, uh, us personally or our work with students. How does, how does that change the work we do? I think it changes the work we do because our opportunity is that we get to dive in and ask questions to try to bring out the spiritual journey that they're on, even if often they aren't aware of it or wouldn't articulate it like that. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, we've, we've talked about how each of the st- the stories that come to this place matter so much. And so oftentimes there's no one with them framing that that thing that happened to you or that trial you went through or that seemingly uh, uncertain path that you're on that went to the right place. Was God indeed reaching out into your life? Mm. Was a a hand of, of an interactive God who is though often silent, very involved Mm -hmm. um, leading you to a place and Oftentimes, I think the first step of spiritual growth is simply awareness, awareness that I'm on a spiritual um, journey, awareness that I am a spiritual person, awareness, as Cassie Trenes likes to say it, like, I'm more than the sum of my biochemical processes, right? Mm-hmm. If we can be, just begin with those foundations, it tends to level the playing field, as well as it tends to be a very inviting conversation starter about mm-hmm. spiritual things. That's great. 
What's the next theme? The next thing I like to tell them after they're on a spiritual journey is that the world is a playground for the presence of God. And different people from different Christian traditions have looked at this very differently. There is a, a very much an idea that the world is, um, is the thing to be avoided, that it is where evil exists. And there's some biblical evidence to that that happens in particular contexts that the Bible addresses that way. The wider context is that the, play, that the world really is the playground of God, that there is no place the presence of God is not. There's no life in which the presence of God is not touched. And so every interaction, every moment, every potential class period, uh, every subject matter can be a place where students can interact with the presence of God. Therefore, their education... Um, should be a place where they can interact with the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Therefore, our dorm rooms, therefore, that roommate they don't get along with, therefore, that faculty that doesn't seem to understand them, right? All of these interactions, I think, are playground for the presence of God or simply like the places where we can most interact um, and understand if we can see the world that way. Mm-hmm. My ask them to students is just to try to see God in places you haven't before. And I think that also is kind of a disarming way in. Mm-hmm. Um, to those types of conversations. Where is it that you might be able to see God at work that you, that ne- isn't necessarily the sacred spaces. Um, but if, if all the world is, is a, pre- is a place for the presence of God, a playground, if you will, then, um, then we should be able to find and look. Mm-hmm. And I love for, I love what that means for our spaces of interacting with students in the cafeteria, on the field, yep. in the room in counseling, like all of these spaces are, our spiritual moments. Yeah. I have, I have a, I, as a, as a faculty member, one of the things that teaches the Christian spiritual formation class in the, in the core. And I have a wrestler right now who is able to articulate on, uh, especially well on paper, just the, how the wrestling and the training for wrestling is a spiritual endeavor for him. That's, that's a faith I I've never experienced, but I think mm-hmm. I'm getting to understand. Um, but it is a very different it is a very different approach to faith, and I, I, I really enjoyed watching him be able to grow in, how, in articulating that. And I think what, what we've tried to do is just give him space to say, maybe this is where I experience transcendent the most. Mm-hmm. That's great. What's next? <laughs> um, <laughs> the third one is we try to have no baselines for your spiritual involvement. And for some of you, this will be hard to believe. And for others of you, this will be hard to hear. Um, but whenever Christians get together, we tend to create uh, a set of baselines for people's spiritual involvement. You either need to look like me or talk like me or act like me or believe like me. Um, and to create the beautifully religious, diverse community, we have to say, just because you're human and you're on a journey, you get voice in how your spiritual journey is going to play out here. Oftentimes, Christian communities create burdensome religious systems that turn people away but for us, we're going to try to not do that. And I say try because it's hard to not do. And I usually stand in front of students and apologize in advance that you will encounter that here. And I'm sorry. And I hope that it doesn't turn you away from the beautiful things about our faith that you can engage here. Mm-hmm. We would try to not have you engage messages where you will need to look this way, believe that way. You're too much of this or not enough of that. That's often based upon race and comfortability. So I'm going to say in advance, that's our hope. And we're not going to always live into that hope for you. And if, and, and if you feel that there has been a, a, a baseline, an artificial baseline created that you have to somehow live into in order for your journey to mean something here, 
I, I'm sorry. So what's an example of what that looks like or what that means in practice for us? Yeah, I had a fabulous conversation today with a student um, who actually, again, through our general education core, who from their Bible's literature class and a spiritual formation class, both from adjuncts um, in the religion department, their spiritual formation class currently, and uh, the Bible's lit class last year, who said, I decided to come to Warner and I kind of knew my spirituality. I didn't really believe in a God. I believed I was going to be good to other people and hope they are good to me. And really was warned by a, a sibling, um, just don't get converted. Hmm. Right? Just don't get converted. And it was through my Bible class that I actually opened the Bible for the first time and began to understand it. And it was through my spiritual formation class, I'm now beginning to figure out what that looks like for me. So I've now returned to my Catholic roots in a way that's mine, having not gone to mass for months, mm-hmm. right? Kind of disconnected from the, from the institutional Catholic church through our education here has come to, has come to, to re-identify um, with, uh, with his family's mm-hmm. faith tradition. Um, had we approached that student in either of those classes or through our co-curricular programming with a sense that to be Christian, it had to look like X, Y, and Z from the jump. We would have lost him. Mm-hmm. But to allow him to be on his own journey, to trust in a God that is active in that journey, even if we can't control that, um, gives the space for the presence of God to be in that student's life and to um, and to do the transformation that the Spirit of God wants. Mm-hmm. So to be human is to be on a spiritual journey. Yes. The world is the playground for the presence of God. Yep. And we try to have we we try to have no baseline for your spiritual involvement. We try. Where does that lead us next? Well, I, then I think it comes back to the core part of our institution, which is for us, it's about Jesus, right? Because yeah. you have to you have to. For us, it it is about the person of Jesus as informed us by our work, and um, so we can have a very, at the same time, have a very open approach to spirituality and be authentic with, and for us, it's about Jesus. Like, ultimately, we think your path leads to Jesus. Hopefully, we want your path to lead to Jesus. So, we're going to have a wide open conversation, and as much as we, as passionate as we are um, about having, uh, creating spaces for open conversations, we are passionate about that for us, that road leads to Jesus, that there is a historic person of Jesus who was born of the Virgin, crucified under Pilate, raised on the third day. Like these are things that for our staff and faculty, they're committed and passionate about. And we, we have no interest in um, walking back from, mm-hmm. um, because I don't think walking back from those makes you more open. I think that's the logical fallacy of the mm-hmm. whole piece. I think you can both be open and passionate. Um, and so then my ask to students is like, is just give Jesus a try, give us a try, um, Mm -hmm. give us a shot. Why not try to learn from, try to learn in this, um, maybe our commitment to Jesus is different than perhaps you've engaged it in other ways. And I think the student I was talking to today, ultimately that's what he said. Mm -hmm. I love that. I, you know, I've heard that, you know, someone say there's, there's tensions to manage and there's problems to solve or there's problems to solve and there's tensions to manage. And that. Uh, you know, sometimes when I, when I hear this, uh, you know, in some ways middle space that, that you're talking about here, it's a, it's a really healthy space to be in that, you know, we're, we're approaching things without a baseline. We're understanding that God is in these spaces, 
but we're also being clear about who, who we are in this space. Yeah. And, and it seems like some people, depending who you want to talk to or who you talk to want are more comfortable leaning one of those directions or the other. Yeah. And that, and, and that we're saying we're, we're, we're in both of those spaces. And John, I'm absolutely convinced that given the space, the spirit of God will lead people to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I have every assurance. I don't, I don't necessarily need to create those baselines mm-hmm. because I'm certain just as the student I talked to just two hours ago, um, that the spirit of God is here moving and mm-hmm. leading folks to the, to, to Jesus. Yeah. So, so Jess, we've, we've talked about this from a, you know, an, an institutional point of view, who we are, uh, you know, get, get devotional with us for a moment. Sure. Uh, you know, it, it as I apply that to my life, or as you apply this to your life, I, what does this mean just just for us as followers of Christ? Yeah, I think I think maybe going backwards, like um, I think we we sometimes unwittingly, sometimes um, without full understanding, we will invariably create baselines for our faith, and and almost all the time, those baselines look like ourselves. They look like what's in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, the way we process our faith, the convictions we bring to them. Um, and so to the degree to which we can be mindful of those, I think, especially when we, as we go into diverse spaces, um, is really, really helpful. Um, I think that's one is be, understand and dig into your, the own, your own Christian tradition in a way that you're also really mindful mm-hmm. of, of what, it, what it both affirms and leaves out in the, in the bigger Christian traditions. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's, I think that's one. Also, I think understanding that the world is the playground for the spirit of God, um, I think helps in, in seeing the potentially everyday tasks or mundane parts of life with a different set of sacred lenses on. Mm -hmm. Um, I do believe that everything from the reconnecting with an old friend to, uh, the drive alone into work to, um, getting away and taking that lunch break on Mount Tabor because no one will find you there Mm -hmm. and leaving your phone at your desk. Like all of these are, are opportunities if we can see them and we can take advantage of them for the presence of God in our life. Mm -hmm. Like I feel fortunate that I, that we as a student affairs staff, we often get to, be in the business of meaning and purpose with our students. And that's, mm-hmm. that's incredibly rewarding. And I don't want us to take, to take, um, uh, for granted that we get to do that work, that, that a student's sacred journey might run through our office. And because they're all changing and growing because they're in a particular time of life, uh, where they're, where growth is a part of, of, what they're paying tuition for truly one relationship, Mm -hmm. truly one lecture, truly one interaction can change the course of a life. And it's a really high calling and it's an incredible responsibility, but it is really beautiful. And Mm -hmm. so I hope devotionally for us, we get to, we get to drive in and realize that the spirit of God really is here and really are changing lives. And we really have an opportunity with every student that we encounter. So I really appreciate the the framing that um, Jess gives. I think it can be really life-giving, uh, both in practice for our students, but also for us personally, 
I think there's some really good stuff there. Now, mm-hmm. Michelle, you're you're a part of this uh, daily work as well, particularly being uh, mm-hmm. within campus mm-hmm. ministries. Um, yeah, what are what are some of your reflections there? I mean, I think Jess makes a lot of sense, and I think he makes a lot of sense for how we explain our Christ identity to people. Well, not just our Christ identity, but how we explain our Christ identity and our intent to be inclusive and diverse and all those other things that we are. Um, sometimes it can get lost that you think that one of those things or, or a couple of those things sort of overshadow the other or mm-hmm. replace the other. Yeah. Um, and I think what what we are intending to do um, is to say, no, these things coexist, and we just got to get better at how they coexist, but they absolutely coexist. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a because of, mm-hmm. yeah, not absolutely. instead of, yes. you know, and, and, and so that really is... Yeah, because of Christ, we, we seek diversity. Because of Christ, we seek uh, uh, inclusion and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Even with our campus ministries team, you know, I tell them... Uh, in the last couple of years, I say, you know, you got to look at your work. You got to look at this campus like it's your place of mission, yeah. not your place to force people to do anything or to, or or to or to run away from doing anything. It's your place where you're asking God, what are we doing here? How do we look at our campus as a mission field? And yeah. then how do we serve? How do we serve the the college's mission, the mission of Christ, and the people who are here? That's great. I love the and that uh, Jess talked about too because. You know, we talked at the beginning about the tensions, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and maybe this isn't the either or of choosing wet socks or uh, dirty hair. Dirty hair. But, yeah. um, you know, Neither that, of which is good. And that's the difference, yeah. right? Because with your analogy, sorry to interrupt, but with, with the would you rather, it's, it's the tension of two things that are bad. Yeah. And we don't look at, you know, what we're doing as, you know, one option is great and one option is horrible. Yeah, one, yeah. Yeah, we don't look at it like that. So It's so not he, like that. When he talks about the open approach mm-hmm. and about Jesus, like yes. we can... We try to make things ors sometimes. That can absolutely be ands. Mm-hmm. And that there's really something powerful that happens in that space where mm-hmm. we allow, you know, as Jess said, and I love how clearly he says it, you know, we allow the Spirit of God to work in that space. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really And we, we don't just allow it. We are trying to discern how he's doing it. How is God playing in that space? And how do we come alongside that? Well, thank you all for listening. And we hope that this has been a valuable conversation. If you have any ideas for people that should be a part of our interviews or some topics that you think you'd love for us to cover on these, please let us know. We'll see you again next week. Next week's coming. Peace out.